Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. Here comes the Rocket from center. Passes the blue line. Moves it on goal. Shoots. He scores. Henrik scores. Henrik Sedin on the power play, and it's 3-0. Tries a wrist, and he scores. Quinn Hughes with his second of the afternoon. It was the power play which ended up costing the Vancouver Canucks. Elias Pettersson gives the Vancouver Canucks a power play goal and a 2-1 lead. It's an eight-game point streak for Brock Besser. And the Canucks have scored on their last three power plays. It's 4-0. Welcome to a special bonus episode of the PP1 Podcast. We just finished a massive interview with some guy named Brad May. You might have heard about him. But uh, we decided... Mayday. Yeah, Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. It's Mayday at the PP1 Podcast. So we figured, hey, let's have a chat. Let's do this. Boys, let's do this. We're doing it. How you doing today, Ryan? I'm excellent. I am... Uh, I'm I'm perfectly hydrated. We let uh, Rocket or Dog come in for for this one because he wanted to see me, so he might uh, make a few appearances audibly. <laughs> so nice, named after the Kelowna Rockets. A little bit. And he, I thought it was the candy. No, I thought. Oh, he's he. That is my favorite candy. He runs like a rocket. <laughs> I can't contain this guy. Brady. Anyway, Ted? so we kind of started this new thing this week where we started kind of pumping our pages a little bit and getting a video out kind of it's going to explain what we're going to be doing on our episodes and i kind of got a few videos out this week um, i know tsn released their version of the canucks all-time team there were some mixed thoughts on that situation i don't know if you guys wanted to talk about it at all or what kind of what you guys think when you first saw that all-time team set out by tsn i think the i mean like it's pretty good it's i think out of all the rosters you know vancouver has not the most storied history of like amazing franchise players to build a roster off of they're good to us so yeah like it's a good roster um mm-hmm. but but they don't you know they don't have the best overall roster um so like it, it could be better on the whole i think there was some weird stipulations in there too i think what was the criteria for having to make this list i mean there was definitely a few different things on the list but one it was you needed two goalies six defensemen 12 forwards obviously yeah, but for like um, games played. You needed played. to play like a minimum of 225 games played. Um, that was kind of the big one there. So that's probably as kind of a, if you're a fan of the new era Canucks, yeah. you'd be a little disappointed not seeing guys like Elias Pettersson or Quinn Hughes on there. But but if this was 2025, they would definitely be on that list. Um, so I guess in a sense, the list makes a little more sense when you do take the games into account. But I mean, there still are some guys that did get skipped over. I mean, and the one that really st- that really stood out, and uh, Brad May brought it up actually in our interview before, was uh, Alexander McGillney. I could not believe he wasn't on this list. Like, what yeah. the fuck? B, you and I were talking about this the other day. Like, how did? I mean, he's number two all time in points per game as a Canuck, uh, <laughs> and he's not even on that team. Uh, why? Why is he not on one of my 
top two scoring lines. I mean, there's a there's a case to be made with him just hanging out with Burray on one of those lines, right? I mean, mm-hmm. put whoever you want with the Twins, and then it's got to be it's got to be Pav what Pav Linden Mogilny, and now you're looking at you know Marcus Naslin playing on a first line with the Twins. Uh, yeah, I mean. That was a big miss. Alexander McGillney, big miss. Uh, the other one for me that was a big miss on that uh, pretty average decor uh, was Jovanovski. Yeah, big miss there. Totally. So I haven't even seen this list, so I'm trying to find it here. Yeah, I can give you the roster right now. So uh, so goaltending was pretty easy. I think Roberto Luongo, all world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, uh, you got Kirk McLean. I mean, he had a, a couple of really good seasons, one really dominant one where he was the all-star, but there's not a lot of competition there. Yeah. The only debate Ask there Kirk. would be like a Corey Schneider or a Jacob Markster, but that doesn't, that doesn't come close to a Stanley cup finals appearance. And, and you got one goalie there, Roberto Luongo has the most regular season wins for the team and the other Kirk McLean, the most playoff wins. So it's yeah. a perfect scenario. Dan right Kuche might've been a decent goal. choice in there as a backup. Yeah. And we love Kirk. So that's that's great. Uh, I mean, the the decor was a a a, a different or mixed bag one as well. So um, you got some glue guys in there, right? Like the Matthias Olins of the world, Sammy Sallow. Who knows what he could have done if he was healthy all that time in Vancouver? But I don't. I can count on one hand the amount of times I saw ever saw the guy got beat wide. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug Lidster, Yurki Lume, uh, Alexander Edler, all time points leader. So how the hell do you not have him on that list? Uh, and Kevin Bieksa, so um, some some room or possible room for guys to move in and out of there, um, but not the most storied history. Obviously, Brady talked mm-hmm. a little earlier about, you know, regardless of how many games played, Quinn Hughes is on this list if he's not already. Well, he's number, in, in my opinion, he's number one on the list, and that's I mean that's a lot to say after one season, but I, I stand behind that definitely for sure. For defense, I think the list was for me was kind of the most kind of debatable for sure. I mean, Tanev could even be considered like. And even a guy like Ham Hughes for sure as well. So, yeah, there. um, there's a bunch of guys who are all really interchangeable on that list, right? Which I think sort of speaks to mm-hmm. uh, how many good defensemen played for this franchise, but not how many franchise defensemen played for this franchise. And that that's why Quinn Hughes is in that conversation of the first real franchise defenseman that this this franchise has ever had. Really, I, I mean, Jovo mm-hmm. for a time was you know, probably in that stratosphere where we thought that he was going to turn into the dude. Yeah. And then I guess for the, the forward groups, it was for my, myself, I, I liked what I saw, except for pretty much the entire third line. I, I could have disagreed with and maybe switched out, but kind of from the top, you have it as they would expect it. You got uh, the Sidians with Beret. Can you imagine what they would do together? And then you pretty much have an upgraded West Coast Express with Trevor Linden at the center. And then the third line of Courtnell, uh, Gradin and uh, Tony Tanti. Followed up by probably an amazing fourth line with Kessler, Burroughs, and Smeal. So, so you all don't like the, you don't like the third line at all, though. I mean, I don't think it really fits as the third line. I think there's a few players. I mean, under the criteria, quite possibly. Like I know McGillney's got to be in there for at least one of the guys, but they're just saying you know, primary. under the criteria, I okay. would maybe make some changes. I, I get what they're saying. It's primary years with the franchise, so that's kind of how they cut it out. So you, there are some changes you probably could have made in there, um, mm-hmm. but they're they're basing it and that's probably why McGillian doesn't make this team is because those weren't his primary years he was with buffalo all right well what, uh, if, what if the rules didn't apply you guys like what well that changes what, everything what, what tweaks would you guys make to this roster if there was no rules if you had only had to play one game as a vancouver canoe um like hang on a minute though i, I want to just touch on the, the mcgillney thing and the primary years i mean are you saying that because he had better years for 
Buffalo, Buffalo that that he's not part of this list because his years in Vancouver weren't as good as the ones in Buffalo. I mean, we're still talking about 100-point, 50-goal seasons and stuff like that. Well, I don't know how exactly they've come to their exact, and maybe here we go, so two goalies. Players are slotted in a position. I'm just sorry. I'm I'm reading out loud here. Well, either any way you slice it, like it's an absolute snub to not see McGillney on that list. And for a long time, I've thought of Alex McGillney as one of the most underrated oh. and underappreciated Vancouver Canucks. And did this McGillney? List, it, it honestly just kind of puts that into perspective. Did for McGillney me play 225 games with the Canucks? That was I think just I think just yeah. over actually. Oh really? Yeah, he had, he had yeah. uh, you know he had seventy nine and seventy six game seasons in his first two years in in Vancouver, and then uh, subsequent seasons of fifty one, fifty nine, forty seven. So he's he meets the criteria. Oh, mm-hmm. well then that's uh, that's a miss. That's a big miss. Yeah, and I'm not sure exactly who we remove from that list. I mean, Gradeen was very good for this franchise. Same with Tony Tanti. Yeah, uh, I think it's Fortnite. but it's. If, I mean, Jeff Cortnell was a yeah. Jeff Cortnell's a tough one to take off too. So Jeff Cortnell makes the list for the same reasons that Ryan Kessler makes a list too, right? So yeah. that's another tough one. So or else, or else Ryan Kessler's on that list of guys you could remove from this roster, which yeah, I don't think you'd be down with. <laughs> no way, I'm giving up Kessler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I say there were no rules, you guys. Like what? I if there were no rules, I look at this roster and I think there's. Three adjustments that I would Jeff make. Cowan obviously is one. The Barbarian has to Nailed be there. It. Jeff Cowan, Jason King, uh, Brad probably May two. would be number two. Brad, oh yeah, Brad May's in there. Jeff, Jeff McCann or Jeff Cowan, Brad May, maybe Jason King. Remember Kevin Swanson? So oh, Kevin Swanson, yeah, <laughs> ex Rocket. So yeah, uh, so if you're asking me uh, and you're making three adjustments, I'm probably making a little more than that because uh, Quinn Hughes is on this list. Uh, Elias Pettersson's on this list. Alexander McGillney's on this list, and Ed Jovanovski's on this list. There you go. There's your four. I would. Jovo's might be the one that I. Uh, I actually uh, don't put on the list. Tough call yeah. there. Tough yeah, call. I'm thinking just in terms of guys that can can impact the game. Um, Fifty point seasons. Uh, you know, all it was an amazing talent. I mean, I can't remember if he played for Team Canada or not, but uh, I mean, a guy that logged big minutes for this franchise for a, a period of time and, and was was a staple. So, no, for sure. So that was kind of fun to see that 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 team come out, and well, it was kind of something that TSN did for all seven Canadian teams there. Speaking of fun, um, obviously the Oilers were by far the best team. You know, Gretzky, <laughs> they... Gretzky, Messier, Drysaitel, and McDavid. Like, Speaking insane. of fun, can I take this? Can I take it? Speaking of fun. What did they announce yesterday? Tony Hawk, pro skater, one and yes. two, making a comeback. My wife says I can get a PS4 because I'm definitely not getting a PS5. Oh, no way. September, Ryan's birthday year, 37 years old. I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a cool teenager once again. Brady, did wait. you? So Tony Hawk, one and two is pretty nostalgic for for Ryan and I, obviously. Brady, oh, 100%. Me too, man. I, I was I was the one that put this question on the list because oh, okay. that was my game. <laughs> I remember the uh, I remember the whole soundtrack. You know, you skating around, getting videotapes. You know, yeah. The mall, skating the, the mall, grinding the mall, and the uh, the, the swimming pool, and all that, all those levels, man. It was good. Spider Man. I'm, so, I'm so excited to play it all again. Helicopter it's be drop. Sweet. I don't know if they'll have all the same. They're gonna have everything. Add new characters, but everything and better. Um, I was always a fan of playing with Rodney Mullen. He was my favorite. I think Mullen was everybody's favorite. Yeah, he was all the manual kind of trickster. So. Yeah. 
I've actually been doing a little bit of skateboarding downtown on my time off, but not very good. What, like longboarding or? Oh, no, just skateboarding and falling on my ass. That's fair. There you go. That's fair. Yeah. You heard it here first, people. For sure. Skateboarding and um, falling on their ass. Yeah. And the one, I have another uh, thing. Very deep stuff. I had a video for our Twitter page there, and we, I heard it on another podcast there just talking about Elias Pedersen winning a scoring title, and it, it got me thinking a little bit. Uh, about how we kind of have two franchise players in both Pedersen and, and Hughes. And it got me wondering, They're both. I think they're both capable of winning scoring titles for their uh, respective positions. But uh, who do you think is going to win a scoring title first? Like, would it be Elias Pedersen with the Art Ross or the, the uh, Quinn Hughes with the Norris Trophy? Like, who would win that major title first? Oh, that's Norris a good just points, question. Though. I mean, you look at it, you got, I think with Pedersen, you got to kind of look at it with, you know, his his – his divisional matchups with McDavid and Dryside, like that's going to be a tough for him to get over top of. But you also have like Hughes, and he's already number five in in defensive scoring across the league. So his biggest competition is obviously going to be Kale McCarr. Do they still give it to a guy that it's not just points though? No, I mean not just points, but usually it kind of ends up being around somewhere around there. Are right? you talking? So so yeah, he, he to like, win. Who's going to win a major award first? Like who's going to win the Art Ross or the Norris? Okay, so I didn't know if so you were clearly, talking. Clearly, clearly Hughes isn't going to win the. The, he's not Bobby Orr. He's not gonna win the Rock. So I didn't I didn't know if you meant who's gonna win a positional scoring title or if who's gonna win a major award. Um if 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 it's like most if if you're asking me will Quinn Hughes lead all defensemen in scoring before Elias Pedersen leads the league in scoring? Mm-hmm. I think that'll happen first. I think that Quinn Hughes has less in front of less in front of him to get to uh that pinnacle. I think like you know the torch is somewhat being passed mm-hmm. with guys mm-hmm. like uh, Eric Carlson, uh, you know, and company. Uh, so I think, I think there's just less blockers in front of him. Where um, you know Pedersen has this certain, you know, this, this certain brigade of generational talent that sits in front of him. Guys like Austin Matthews, who have an ability to win every year, um, who hasn't, but has ability to win every year, or Connor McDavid or Leon Draisaitl. Um, so it's going to be a little bit a little bit more difficult for him, but I do think that when we had Pedersen, especially in his rookie year, that this is the first time that we've had a guy on the Canuck roster since the Twins that has the ability, the God-given ability, to win a scoring title in this league for sure. I'm going to jump on that. I'm going to debate you. If you look at how the Sedins won their, because uh, both of them got an Art Ross, I'm not mistaken. Both Henrik and Daniel both got an Art Ross. So yeah, you look at who they beat in the years that they beat, and they were against some pretty good talent. You know, there was there was some Crosbys, there were some Ovechkins, um, there was no McDavid, obviously, but they had to beat some pretty impressive talent to to get those. So I think looking at that, would it be a peak year for you know could Pedersen beat McDavid and Drysital and uh, I mean who else is coming? I guess we'll say Austin Matthews or Marner or whoever that guy happens to be. Can they beat one of those guys, you know, at their peak? I, I think it's I think it's possible, but at the same time, you know, it, for for you know that one guy that maybe is trying to get over the hump, you probably do need a boost, and you know whether it's an injury or a guy that just hits a slump. And I mean that's that's how some of these titles uh, get decided. Brock Besser, his rookie season, he had a pretty good run, and then all of a sudden things started to shake up, and Matt Barzell just absolutely roasted everybody. And then it became mm-hmm. a one-horse race. So, 
there is a point where it can be neck and neck, but there's there can always be a guy that you know basically just takes the lead and just runs with it. So I think Pedersen could do it first. I think you're right, Ted. As far as hurdles go, Quinn Hughes probably has less in front of him to to make that happen. It's tough to say. I mean, these are theoretical. B, I know you and I both had our hands up at the same time for Brady, this one. Brady, you either have to go to the bathroom really bad or you really need a point to make here. So I'm just going to make one comment, and then you can have the floor with this one. And I'm just going to say that the only difference between Pedersen and Hughes in their respective spots and, and you making that comparison with the Twins is that Henrik and Daniel had each other in those spots, whereas Pedersen doesn't have his, his Robin yet. He doesn't have his Pippin. And that's 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 pretty perfect because that's exactly what I was gonna say pretty much. Except here's my tweet. Um, Wasn't Henrik injured? Was he doesn't have his Robin yet, except he he does, and it's actually Quinn Hughes. These guys need each other to win. Ah, this okay. Um, so I think we saw that chemistry this year, and it's just gonna ramp up from here on out. So I think they have the players with them, but just like the Twins, to overcome Ovechkin and Crosby, they had to work together. So to overcome uh, McDavid and you know Kale McCarr. Uh, Pedersen and Hughes are going to have to work together to get that done, and it's going to be fun to see if one of them can do it. Who does it first? Well, who do you think? Be you never did say. <sighs> you can't pick both. I'm going to go with the hot take and say both. they both win it the same year. Oh, oh come he on! Did it. He did it too. That's such a Brady <laughs> no, answer. But all, realistic, all realistically, I totally think uh, Quinn Hughes is got a chance to win it. He could probably win it within the next two years. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm there with you, man. That's a better take. I'll give you that. <laughs> no, I like it though. Good question. Yeah, it was a fun question that it really got me thinking for a while, actually. So I figured it was worth posting, worth uh, getting some views from our fans as well. You know, getting them involved. So that was a lot of fun. And those are our takes there. So I think I think Hughes wins it at the end, of it, two to one. But uh, I think anyone could win it, uh, and we'll just have to wait and see. That's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. But uh, did you guys see Jacob Markstrom's new mask? I mean, hockey's not even going on right now, and Markstrom's working on his new mask. Oh, man, that <laughs> thing is Chrome AF. I love it. It looks like it something is... out of – I don't even know what it looks like. It's out of – but have, did you look, like, up close at the mask? Like, it's oh, scratched-looking. It's, like – it's almost like unfinished brush strokes. Like, it looks so rad. It somehow looks – it looks weathered and worn on a Chrome on a chrome set. So it looks rad, 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 rad. I'll say one thing. It's, it's quite the improvement from – it's one of – Last year, it was kind of... I like the blue side, but the white side looked like a golf ball. With all those oh, little, like it, little eh? logos, it looked like a golf no, ball. I wasn't a fan. I think, I think he gets a little bit shit on for his mask choice, like the ears one. He's and... got to go back to the ears one. That's by far the best one. Oh, oh well, that, that's the one the that's, that's the most divisive, I think. Oh, I love it. Uh, Ryan, what, were you going to say something? I was going to say the ears mask was awful. The half and half <laughs> one. The half and half one, like, it just felt there like... There we go. There's the debate right there. Considering looking at the mask that he has made and as bad as the ears mask one was, you could see there was a lot more thought into that one, whereas his half and half one was just kind of like, meh. So <laughs> his, new, uh, his new chrome, uh, you know, stormtrooper type helmet, I think is... Uh, it's a way, way better look. And... Of all people, like I love me some goalie masks. Um, my my little series on Canucks Army there uh, got to interview a bunch of guys and uh, Greg Harrison, who basically is kind of the pioneer for you know the modern day uh, mask. So mm-hmm. for me, seeing that, I I was pretty excited to see that Markstrom you know upped his game a little bit. I still think he has a ways to go to be one of the best masks in the league, but he's given it a run for sure. I uh, I I, I uh, first off, I love the the Captain Phasma 
reference. I didn't even consider that. So uh, kudos to you on that one. But I, I don't know. I, I like Markstrom's style. I like that. I don't know if he's just giving the artist creative control. If he said, you know, I would like a half and half mask, like a, like a black and white or a Jekyll and Hyde type thing. But I think it's bold. I mean, especially if you add it to his pad set, which is just white. I mean, that was the Luongo thing back in the day too, right? And and then we know that that obviously has something to do with Ian Clark and wanting his goaltenders to have white pads because, you know, the brain as a shooter picks up what it's looking at from a white pad on a white net differently. It doesn't know where to look for Some uh, openings and angles, right? So that's one thing. But I, I don't know. I there, It's a little bit off the wall. I know his masks are always divisive. Well, the one... Uh, sorry, the one thing I love about the mask is it's a Canucks mask. I mean, I yeah. know the season's kind of like up in limbo right now, but he's coming up on UFA status and he's getting himself a brand new Canucks mask. He's got, I love that. He has two grand to spend. That's all they cost. <laughs> it's just He's just throwing a little bit of money around. It's no big deal. You know what I like? I, there was a... Uh, a design that was out a couple years ago, and I hate to bring up this guy's name, but he was one of the goalies that had one. Tim Thomas had that all white mask. It was or the white Ugh, with like the black silhouette. Don't remind me. No, I'm mm-hmm. not, but not the one that he won because he had a colored one. But he, I believe it was the year after the Bruins won. There was a I few, know what Cor- you're talking Cor- about. Corey Crawford had one as well, the black and white design, and I can't remember who the mask designer was for that. But there was a few goalies in the league that had that look, and it was so different. <laughs> But it looked amazing. Like it had, you know, just an amplified silhouette look. And I think Markstrom has kind of taken that. And maybe that's kind of the next look that you're going to see as a handful of goalies go to that uh, chrome type look. And I think, especially like a guy like uh, Marc Andre Fleury, potentially um, mm-hmm. in Vegas, to go with you know more like the that the gold look, right? The the metallic gold. I think would look cool. <laughs> Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? Go ahead. That's it. That's all I got. Oh, and I think, I mean, it was Cujo, right? Remember, Cujo was the first guy to, to drop a chrome, a yeah, chrome cage, right? Ever. Yeah, yeah. So I think especially now uh, in the last, like, you know, 15 years or so, I'm going to say 15, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, we're, prior to that, we associated one goalie to one style of mask. Like, yes. iconic, even though he had a bunch of different ones, you can tell a Belfour mask Exactly. For days and miles around, you know when you're looking at a Curtis Joseph mask. Mm-hmm. You know when you're looking at a Marty Broder mask, Felix mm-hmm. Paul Van, Kirk McLean, all those guys, Jonathan right? Quick. But nowadays, mm-hmm. I think it's like, and 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 this was the the coolest thing I thought when when Luongo came yeah. to town. He was just unafraid, and and didn't care about superstitions to switch yeah. masks two, three, four times in the middle of the season. And Marshall could have done the same thing. And and I I think it's amazing. I just go bonkers over new goalie sets and pad setups. Uh, and masks, I'm, I'm right there in that same spot. So I just think it's so, so, so well, cool. Yeah, I think as a goalie, like as Roberto Luongo, he'd do like two or three masks a year. And yeah. It's just, at the end of the day, he wants, he probably wants to have a massive collection, right? And you can look back on it. Like, These are all the masks I wore. And each individual one is going to tell a story, a different story. And that's that's pretty beautiful. Take a yeah, look it's at it exactly as a Exactly like one. What, what Brad May said in our interview with him, right? He's like, oh, I didn't always get to wear 10, but I knew 
I know when I'm signing a hockey card, I can see what number I was wearing there. And I remember exactly the person I was. I remember exactly the player I was. Remember what was going on that time, all associated to the number. And maybe the masks have that same feeling for goaltenders. I bet they do. It's part like it's part of you. It's part of your persona, right? It's part of your character. Like I said, if you go through and I, I don't mean to, to pump what I wrote just based on the experience and the and the interviews I had, but you talk to these each one of these guys and it was, it was part of who they were and you know, you put that mask on and all of a sudden you're a different player. You're you're all of a sudden this superhero and for them, you know, they wanted to feel like whether you know, whether it's these winter classic masks or whatever, like they wanted to have that feeling of what was on the outside. So Felix the cat, you know, his, his, again, you talk about iconic masks, you know, how Felix the cat was, he had that cat like reflex, his pads and blocker and trapper, the coho, you remember those, eh? Oh yeah. You know, they were, he had the most deadly set of equipment. You look at Mike Richter with the statue of Liberty or Ed Belfort with the Eagle, all those masks were so iconic, but they represented how that goaltender essentially stylized his play. So, you know, it's it's an extension of who you are. It's, you know, the haircuts we wear, the mustaches we have, the beards, all that kind of stuff. Those are extensions of our personality. So for goaltenders, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's easy. If, if it was me and I was a, a goaltender and had the cash to drop, you know, two grand on, on a custom mask, I would love to have a wall of those because they're amazing. They're so much fun because you can put so much personality into each one of those and there's so much room mm-hmm. for detail and you look if you look closely on any one of those masks even markstrom's current one you're talking about little stripes on there all those little details those are they're so important and those are well thought out not necessarily by markstrom but by the designer they've been given you know they're usually work together a little bit and talk about mm-hmm. an idea and then it's up to the artist to get that creativity um, across. And sometimes it's a fluke that it works. And sometimes, you know, a goalie hates it and ends up being one of the most popular masks ever. You just don't know. You talk about Gary Cheevers and how he had his white mask and he gets hit in the face and, you know, draws some stitches on there with a Sharpie. Next thing you know, it's <laughs> arguably the most memorable mask in the history of the game. Well, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy to think, like uh, Ted was saying earlier, how everyone's changing their masks so much nowadays, but you just, you really don't, you really don't see anymore. Like a, a guy with one mask, like, you know, Cujo, Patrick Waugh, like Broder, like they all kind of wore one mask. And that was, that was pretty cool. Like what, what would you guys be like if you guys were in the show? Would you be a one mask kind of guy or to be known as that, that was your mask or would you all be all about changing it up? Like, you know, once or twice a year, every opportunity I'd get, I'd have a new one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like initially, uh, um, you know, I, I grew up with those goalies of the of the 90s and, and early 2000s. And initially, I'm thinking, like, I'm always going to have the same theme, like, mm-hmm. no matter what, right? Like, Ryan Miller is probably a good example of this. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at all of his masks that he's had from his early days in Buffalo with that really iconic, cool-looking buffalo head, yep. mm-hmm. he had the same type of mask in Vancouver with the, a whale head, but all positioned the same way. And when mm-hmm. he moved to Anaheim, same thing, right? So... I like that idea of theming it, and and I think that's like a good switch between the two. Am I going to change it all the time, or I'm just going to change it when, when stuff happens and I want to make the change? But I think if it was me, and I'm probably like Ryan, the minute that I got some form of creative inclination in my head and yeah. some cool thing that I saw and flew with me, you better believe a change is going to happen. But Ryan, I would be curious to ask, when you were talking to Greg Harrison, hmm. Did they give him a lot of creative control when it came to making these masks? Like, were a lot of these cool, iconic designs based on what was going on in, in Harrison's head? Or did it have more to do with the player? 
Um, it started with the player a little bit. They would have kind of a brief consult, but at the end of the day, he was given free reign to to design what that was going to look like. Brady got a haircut. Brady got a haircut. <laughs> yeah, I did. He has the Ted cut. We're matching now. <laughs> I might, I might get the same thing. We'll see. Um, sorry, myself a fate. It's pretty, it's pretty ahead, sick. Sorry, sorry. sorry to get back to that. Um, it's interesting how each mask had a different story to it, and some of them were by accident, some of them just were based on circumstance, and some of them did have a bit of plan. Um, if you go on Greg Harrison's Instagram, um, he gets into a few of the masks and how those things came to be, but like Felix Potvin, which is one of my absolute favorite, I have the poster of the Felix the Cat goalie mask. Um, it's still in my basement, might go up in the podcast room, we'll see. Um, the way that came about, which is super cool, and I had no idea until I heard the story, when you look at the eyes on the top there and just like the fur and stuff on the side, he got that idea. He was, he was making a mask for his daughter, a goalie, just a personalized goalie mask for his daughter. I would assume she was a goaltender. And he had seen in like one of the Hollywood magazines, like, I don't know, whatever, one of the variety or whatever they are. And he had seen there was like a poster or something on the front of cats of the, the the Broadway play cats. And he saw just the way like something to do with the makeup. And so what he did, he was inspired and Felix had asked him to do this mask. And so he took that design, parlayed that onto the mask, obviously added, if you look on the sides of the Leafs one, kind of the little the inside of that maple leaf um, on the, you know, f- flanked on the sides there. And basically put that into to a mask, which is absolutely crazy. And then on the back, he had the little uh, winking Felix the cat on the back, the old uh, Felix the cat from the 60s. So in that case, it's just something that kind of came to him. And, you know, every mask is so different. And there's a lot of stories. But he usually those guys are given a lot of free reign. They, they kind of do a consult. But it's, uh, you know, the goaltender kind of says what he'd like to see. But if you were to you know helicopter uh you know design that you're never going to see the full creativity you got to let the designer be the designer yeah because that's what they're they're built to do right you can't you can't squash creativity so exactly i think it's kind of like a tattoo artist right like yeah you go in and to get a tattoo like you can't be too like it has to be exactly like this or the tattoo artist he's gonna lose some interest in what he's doing he's the pro you have to show him what you want but let let that tattoo artist have a little bit of creativity and let give them that flair, you know. Exactly. So you're always gonna have a, a better product when you let the artist just go with it. You're not gonna That's let a, a goaltender. You're not gonna talk yeah. to a goaltender and tell him how to goaltend. You know, you can you can coach him as much as you want, but at a certain point, you have to let him be the guy. Tell Dominic Hasek how to freestyle. You can't. He just does it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Ryan, your idea for the uh, the dudes and guys. Yes. Should we continue with this week's version of? Dudes and guys, players' I think choice. So. so, players' choice, dudes and guys. We're going back season by season, and we're gonna get into, I guess it would be uh, Patterson's rookie year. So, Brady, because you reminded me, I'm gonna let you go first. Yeah, are we doing dudes or guys? Uh, let's start with dudes. Dudes. Yeah. All right. Well, it's obviously the Elias Patterson, but uh, oh. I'll I'll start with or it's Patterson or Markstrom probably, but. Um, I'm going to go with Elias Pettersson just for the fact that, you know, going into that season, it was, you know, draft lottery. We were thinking we're getting Jack Hughes and yeah. Pettersson comes along and he breaks records. So 
I'm just going to go with the easy answer. I know he actually wasn't the MVP of the year, surprisingly enough. But uh, yeah, Elias Patterson, my dude from his rookie season of 2018-19. Ted? Uh, I'm going to go with Jacob Markstrom. Uh, absolute dude. I think it was his coming out party. They signed uh, a, an almost equal credible goaltender at the time in Andreas Nielsen, who you know similar in stature uh you know had didn't have the same pedigree that markstrom did i mean he had spent his time coming up and establishing himself as as the guy who they're going to hand the reins to uh, people had questions i mean that was why nilson was brought in at the time and he squashed all of those doubters definitively definitively letting everybody know that this was his team uh and that he was gonna be the guy moving forward Thatcher Demko or not, uh, you know, he wasn't looking at his rearview mirror. Uh, and we all wondered even heading into this season, is he going to be able to keep up that level of play, you know, moving into this current season? And if we're at the point where we're wondering if he's going to keep this all world level of play, then that means he's doing something special. And I, I feel like this team didn't have a chance last year and they were probably a lot worse than they, than they were. And all of that was due to at least 10 games that Jacob Markstrom stole. Absolutely. Good answer. I was torn on mine, and I'm not going to lie. I was uh, a little unprepared of when we were doing this, but the it was kind of tough because there was two totally different storylines that happened that season that ultimately uh, decided how this season started. One was Bo Horvat, and one was Jake Vertanen. And I wanted to go with Bo Horvat, just everything that took him to that captaincy level. But actually, I'm going to take Jake Vertanen. The shotgun Jake movement started last season, and it was almost a put-up-or-shut-up season for Jake. And we were going to find out what we had as a player. And until that injury came, Jake Vertanen was having a marvelous season that did fall short, but it basically showed what he was willing to bring to the table, what Travis Green ultimately trusted in him with. And it took his game up a notch and the shotgun Jake carried over this season and he's a lot more of a complete player. And I think he becomes part of this team going forward, but it doesn't happen unless he has a season that he had last season. And uh, I mean, it's, it's easy to say. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely exciting to watch. Um, mm -hmm. He's a lovable guy and uh, yeah, he would be my dude, I guess for last season. Yeah. Excellent pick Ryan. And I, I love know. that you did, did the honorable mention to, to Bo Horvat as well. Like, I had he to... was a total dude that year. I mean, 61 points, career high, and like he didn't even have Tanner Pierce on his wing. He it, had it iced worse his, than that. So it iced his captain, uh, captain's great, choice. Great season for him. You know, I think Adler also had a good year, and same with Besser. But yeah, pretty good season for guys when considering we were thinking we were going to be the worst team in the league. For dudes, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> it was a good season for the dudes. Are we doing a, a, a guys for the, the the same season as well? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, Ryan, you went last, so go first. I'm going to go with the guy I wrote about every single night in the Canucks Army pregames. I'm going with Erica Branson. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought we didn't have to say his name it's, anymore. Like, Voldemort. It's, 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 it's not even low-hanging <laughs> fruit. It's just the obvious one. Eric somehow we parlayed Eric Branson into not only like leaving the Canucks, but we got some decent stuff in return. And yeah. I, I'd like to say that uh, I don't know how Jim Benning did it after trading for him and doubling down and re-signing him. 
but he was just he was just so awful. He was so so bad. So Brutal. The, so the fact that I mean he was how did they let him on the ice every single game? Like he played Oh my goodness. He played 57 games. How does that happen? Well, uh I mean, he's very big. That doesn't count he's, anymore. He's also very handsome. Silver medal, World Juniors. Yeah, it's true. My little sister met him at the uh, preseason. She's like, I had the biggest crush on him. That's funny. I mean, as far <laughs> she as... She worked for the Rockets. As far like, as, oh my God, who is that? <laughs> as far as looks goes, like, he's a good-looking dude. He's got some... I was like, that's Erica Branson. He sucks. <laughs> he's, got, he's got some style when it comes to that big... Uh, what was that jacket? Not a kimono. Uh, what was uh, the big Oh, I red... remember the jacket when they went to China or whatever. Like, the dude's got style. Don't get me wrong. As far as a guy... <laughs> yeah, he's a guy. He's He's got he's it going style. on style-wise, but hockey-wise. Dude style? I mean... I'm not All saying right, well, I'm good at hockey, I, but he ain't good. Can I jump in and get my guy? Yes. It, yeah, right. you, can, you can jump up. Cool, cool. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because in a, in a way, like, I want to tell him, like, for what he did, what he was expected to do, he kind of was the dude that season. But, like, at the end of it all, he completely got run over and his, his weaknesses got exposed. Uh, ben Hutton was a bit of a guy uh, that year. You know, he had an opportunity to play a ton of minutes and eventually he did what he could and I respect the guy for him, but uh, for that, but. Yeah, guy they of the year. Didn't even resign. Guy of the year. Couldn't even play well enough to, you know, get a qualifying offer. So I, I will throw Ben Hutton the life vest because he was throwing an anchor and having yeah. to play with Eric Branson all year. Um, but yeah, I mean, we so much more higher hopes for for Ben Hutton than what ended up. Uh, high inspiring. high hopes. High high hopes. Just like that song. Just like the song. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I basically had my pick then of of guys to choose from because there was a a fair amount on this roster. You know, there was there was easy pickings like Sam Gagne or Ryan Spooner. Who I don't even remember Ryan Derek Spooner. Puglia. Uh, Derek Pouliot was one. <laughs> MDZ. Uh, MDZ was Louis the other. And, and if we're gonna pick one single guy out of all of those, it's not gonna be Louis. Uh, no, because he had 21 points back then. And he was still he was still doing something and being protective on the third line, uh, you know. But 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 for my money, uh, it's 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 Michael Delzato. I just yes. I, I had I had hopes for this guy. I remember in his draft year, he was a bit of an offensive force coming out of the out of out of the OHL. I mean, he was uh, he he was considered to be a guy that could really come in and help this power play. A guy that played pretty well in New York for a period of time. Um, you know, we all knew him as the the, the locker room DJ, uh, but he didn't really amount to anything. I think we got something for him at the trade deadline too, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, seventh round pick, and uh, so was so it that Luke was surprising. Shen? Yeah, Luke Shen came over here. So, yeah. uh, I just I I didn't have high hopes, but I thought that he had the ability to fit into this top six core, and he just looked out of place right from the very jump. Uh, another good looking fella. Who just couldn't hack it as a as a top six in this roster? What are you gonna do? Too bad. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So there you well, go. That was fun, guys. That was the player's choice, dudes and guys. Uh, we don't have the winner for the Jake Vertanen photo. I do apologize. So I will have that for you. Um, it's tough correlating these pages and Facebooks and all these. We things. did get a winner for the Quinn Hughes card though, and the Elias Pettersson rookie card. So that's we did. Good. So I'll have. Who were they? Can we can we drop some names? Sure. So the Quinn Hughes one was uh, Quentin Smith on Twitter. Um, I do apologize, Quentin. I do not have that out to you, even though we live essentially in the same um, area code 
I've had a busy week trying to get this podcast room done. So I will. Brad, have I'll have your card sanitized and sent out shortly. It, don't worry, You're, it'll it'll be it'll be sent with love, and you'll be thrilled to get it. So, um, and then Brady, who won your uh, EP card? Yeah, Matt Ferguson won it, and he'll be picking it up this weekend. So thanks for those guys for participating in uh, you know our our fun shenanigans online. We really appreciate it. It helps uh, boost the views. So. Absolutely. Thanks a lot what doing. Shena- what What's that? that place you guys always go to with all the shit on the walls? Oh, those shenanigans. <laughs> ah, shenanigans. <laughs> well, guys. It's powdered sugar. It's delicious. It is. I think uh, this has been good for another a bonus episode. We had a pretty long one with uh, Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. Um, what a beauty. I think we could probably wrap it up. I, I want to have some semblance of a life before today's Yeah, I've today's been here days. for nearly three hours. You know what? You've been here so long your hair fell off. No kidding, right? Jeez. Maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll reciprocate, and we can be like American History X and all of those skinheads. I wish your mustache would fall off. It's not gonna happen. This thing's for <laughs> life. NWO, baby. Brad May wishes your mustache would fall off. No, I think he's jealous. <laughs> I think he's jealous. Like, he Anyways, knows... guys, I think that's it for me. Guys, this has been a pleasure. Have a wonderful evening, and uh, we'll see you again next week. PP1 podcast, all the places you know where to find him. Peace out. Yeah. Peace out, guys. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.